Welcome to the Student Affairs Spectacular, the weekly podcast giving you a front row seat to the greatest student affairs show on earth. And now your ringmasters, Tom Kriegelstein and Dustin Ramsdell. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Student Affairs Spectacular podcast. Dustin here, and this is episode number 79 with James Robolata. Uh, he is a full-time speaker and coach and now recently minted author. Uh, we talk about that, uh, his new book, Leading Imperfectly, um, how he got to be where he is today, um, kind of the ups and downs and uh, unique things about being a full-time speaker, um, and the process uh, that he undertook to write his book, and just some other cool stuff and some uh, noteworthy things in the show notes uh, down below, so be sure to check all that out and connect with James uh, down there in the show notes as well. And uh, after a quick word about our sponsor, uh, this is episode number 79 with James Robolata. All right. And before we get into the episode, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, the National Center for Student Life, which hosts the National Conference on Student Leadership coming up next November 19th to the 22nd in Washington, D.C., since 1978, NCSL has trained thousands of students and advisors in heart-centered, values-based leadership skills designed to help drive transformative change within the individual. And I've personally spoken at NCSL for the past five years, and I've seen firsthand how the NCSL conference helps students and advisors apply learning to address real challenges both on their campus and in their community through the NCSL Call to Action program. NCSL truly brings together the country's best leadership presenters into one place to give both the students and advisors a life-changing experience. And I'm always, I'm always blown away at the level of value received from their conferences. Also, I should note that NCSL was the first to offer students the opportunity to earn a digital badge to document their leadership development. So if you're looking for a national leadership conference to attend, I highly, I can't highly more recommend checking out NCSL at nationalcenterforstudentlife.com. That's nationalcenterforstudentlife.com. With that, let's get this show on the road. It's going all right so far, kind of just uh, packed with meetings, like meeting with my RAs and, you know, uh, res life RD meetings and stuff, just uh, kind of processing after the weekend. So, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but, and it's interesting because, like, I, I usually don't have, all, like, everything, like, jam-packed, but it seems like one day a week is just, like, everything all at once. So today, <laughs> today is that day. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate you. Uh, making time and uh, I guess what's I'm sure is a, a busy time for you with like flying around and doing all your uh, speaking engagements and all that kind of stuff. I appreciate you uh, making time for this. Yeah, man. No, I'm excited to be a part of it. Thank you for, uh, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, and I uh, perused your LinkedIn page a little bit just to get a little bit of your professional history, but um, we'll, we'll start as we always do and just kind of um, Give an introduction of yourself and how you got to be where you are today. Sure, man. Uh, thank you again for having me, by the way. This is, this is really exciting. Uh, so, yeah, so I got to be where I am today. Well, my mother and father, Matt. Um, <laughs> Go all the way back, yeah. conceived in Michigan. No. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I was an over-involved student leader. 
um, and loved uh, loved doing it. I was an RA, came up through the Res Life world, um, drank drank that Kool Aid uh, of student affairs, and just loved being involved. And um, realized that my marine biology major wasn't going to work out because I was putting too many puns in my scientific papers. <laughs> and uh, so I went into student affairs. I had a supervisor named Michelle Rodems who tapped me to, and said, "Why don't you go into student affairs?" And I was like, "Huh." That's a pretty good idea. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I went to Clemson University for their uh, higher ed program and did Res Life there. It was a, a oversaw a couple of buildings there, and then um, yeah, worked in Res Life for another four uh, four years after that professionally in New York City, and then I switched to New Jersey City University, where I uh, worked there for a couple of years as well, advising student government, helping plan and run orientation, and overseeing all the clubs and orgs on the campus. And then, uh, yeah, during that time, I also started speaking and realized that I liked it. Um, it was really kind of like my first couple of professional years where I was thinking that I was going to these presentations and going to these conferences. And I was like, I'd rather be the one in the front of the room than the one in the back. And uh, so I started presenting at them. And then one day some guy that came up to me after a session at Nakur and asked me how much I charged to come to campuses. And I was like, hmm, I <laughs> don't, <laughs> um, but maybe I should. Uh, so that person, whoever they are, thank you. Um, uh, really kind of planted the planted the seed. Um, and so, yeah, so I just started putting it out there and speaking was a side hustle for uh, about two or three years until two years ago, I made it a full-time, uh, my full-time gig. So I'm now a full-time uh, speaker, primarily to college market. I also do some corporate. Um, and in college market, I do both uh, professional staff and, uh, and, and students. And then I'm also a, a personal coach and now apparently an author. Yeah, <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, just seeing that book came out, like I, I just wanted to talk to you about like the process of everything and stuff and just kind of to start out to dig a little bit deeper. What, what do you feel like? like becoming a speaker. Cause I know it's like a lot of people have, you know, like their different side things. And I know speaking sometimes gets, uh, glamorized or kind of, you know, uh, is made into something that a lot of people think that they might want to do. Um, and as you are sort of an authentic person, I was interested to hear what do you, what are like the positives for you, the negatives, and then just sort of the unique, perhaps kind of funny, uh, aspects of being a speaker. Cause you know, you're traveling a lot, going a lot of different places. What's the good, the bad, and then just kind of maybe the unique and uh, weird maybe about doing all that kind of stuff to, to give a fuller picture of uh, what that kind of entails. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Uh, I mean, the, the positives are that, uh, the positives are that I get to, uh, go around and hopefully, um, impact individuals lives. And that's, that's the cheesy side of it. Right. But mm -hmm. I don't think you can become a speaker if you're not just a little bit cheesy. Um, and you're not just a little bit of a dreamer, um, <laughs> uh, in that, uh, and that I think that it's awesome that I get to go around and, and interact with students from around the country that I would have never gotten a chance to interact with. And I get to interact with these professional staffs and, and work on their leadership development. And it's an amazing, uh, opportunity that I'm super grateful for that, uh, you know, I get to go around and, and essentially I'm like a professional seed planter, right? Mm -hmm. um, where I go there and uh, I try to plant a seed through story and through uh, my own examples and and uh, I, ideally through humor as well. And, and you hope that uh, that seed gets planted in a place where it will get sun and grow and <laughs> uh, and a little bit of water. And so it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing way to get to see the country um, and 
and uh, and it's 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 really it's very validating. Um, it's very validating when you do well, um, and so I think that's kind of cool. Um, but it's also very scary in that it is you, right? It's you. It's your message. It's your story. It's you having to put yourself out there. Um, and uh, and for me, I would do it for free. Um, un- unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, things like health insurance won't allow that. Um, mm. so, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so I think, uh, I think for me, uh, you know, some of the, it's hard to say some of the negatives because I think with every dream job that you have, there are always negatives. And I think for me, the things that I'm not good at are, are asking people about money. Um, and, you know, and trying to talk budgets and stuff like that. And then uh, I'm fortunate that I'm with an agency, so they handle my contracts. But I know that that's a part that I would be atrocious at. Um, and you can ask any former supervisor of mine and they would agree with you. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so so I think that's that's sometimes the hard part is that it's 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 unique to have to try to put a value on yourself. Um, and that's. I don't know, like that's, that's very awkward for me. And it's tough to then be like, no, you will compensate me this amount to come and do this. And, uh, so that part's really awkward for me and I'm still not good at it. I'm grateful that I have an agency that helps me with that. But, um, uh, but still, uh, that part's still weird because, you know, I would do it for free. I think there's a lot of part of me, man, that, uh, you know, I feel like that, you know, that like large kid who's just sitting at home, playing uh you know playing xbox at three in the morning got cheetos like running down my beard and down my shirt and like somebody busts down the door and hands me 500 bucks and tell me to keep playing video games like that's how it feels to have people compensate me to to be a speaker where it's like oh what you're gonna pay me to do what i love that's pretty awesome um so uh so that's really cool um i guess you know some of the unique parts are is that not everybody is down for the travel um, I don't mind airports. I don't mind renting cars. I don't mind uh, dealing with luggage. I don't mind uh, sleeping in hotels. I don't mind all that kind of stuff. But I know that it's taxing. I know that it's taxing on relationships. Um, and it takes it takes a very understanding partner who believes in you and believes in what you do um, and, and in your success to, to be able to, I guess, be partnered with someone like a speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also takes, you know, that speaker, uh, having to figure out what their, uh, where their priorities are and what, and what they want. Um, and, uh, you know, so in figuring out what they want, how does that fit in with relationships and, um, and things like that? I think that's a, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough juggle for sure. Um, and, uh, I think, I think that's a, that's a unique piece of it for as well. Um, but you know, that's why speaking is sometimes a really great side hustle in that you kind of get it and you get it in doses. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that fully answered your question. I kind of talked around. Really. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah. Cause I think like, I like how you said of, um, it seems like you sort of like delegated something that you knew you weren't good at, which I think is a, a smart move instead of like, you know, trying to figure that out, which I guess you could have. But um, I know sometimes like I, I uh, you know, struggle when I'm kind of going against the grain. Like if I could sort of build a team of people, like you have your agency that helps you with a thing that you struggle with and that allows everything to kind of run a little bit smoother and stuff. And the idea that, you know, often we don't ever have to do everything just ourselves. We can ask for help. We can get uh, support from people to, uh, help us do the things that we want to do, but, um, but yeah, I think yeah, it's just I'm always interested, and I, I I'm I don't know if you do have any good travel stories, but I feel like that's also like just wild travel where you have to like go from you know place to place really rapidly, or like things fall through and like delays or something. Like, do you have any like 
kind of just wild travel stories from like the years that you've been going around doing stuff? Yeah, I think I think I got a couple. One that sticks out in my mind. Um, <clears throat> one that sticks out in my mind is when I was supposed to be speaking at the University of uh, University of Iowa, um, and I was speaking to their uh, fraternity and sorority life population. And uh, so I was flying through Chicago, but there was a huge band of storms that was basically the band of storms went from Texas all the way up to uh, like Minnesota and was just like coming across the country um, <clears throat> and uh, slicing through Iowa at the time. So and then and then obviously eventually Chicago. So we couldn't take off. Uh, so we got on the plane, got off the plane, got back on the plane, got off the plane. And they're like, I'm sorry, these thunderstorms just aren't going anywhere. And then the thunderstorms were started in Chicago. So it's just like lather, rinse, repeat with uh, we before we couldn't land in Iowa and then we couldn't land in Chicago. And uh, so it's getting closer and closer to the time. And I know that it's going to take uh, I'm about a three hour drive from uh, a three or three and a half hour drive from Iowa City. And uh, so they finally tell us that the flight is just it's canceled. And so I saw some guy with, uh, you know, a black fleece on with the gold eye. And uh, I said, sir, I don't know if you happen to be going uh, back to Iowa City, but I'm thinking about renting a car. I don't know if you'd be interested in, uh, you know, in splitting that with me. I, you know, I'm trying to get to I, I have a speech at Iowa today. And uh, and he said, yo, actually, me and my uh, colleague are already we already rented a car through the university. So why don't you hop in with us? And I was like, oh, that's amazing. Nice. And so while we're doing small talk, waiting for the bags to come out. Um, I got to talking with the guy and he was, I, you know, I asked him, well, you know, what's your role at the university? And uh, he was the dean of, uh, dean of the college of, I believe it was like urban planning. Um, and uh, so he was one of the deans there. And I was like, oh, that's that's awesome. Uh, flattering to meet you. And so I got to talking with him. And then uh, then his other his colleague came up after getting his bags. They pulled him from the plane. Um, we were walking to the car and I asked the other gentleman, I said, you know, if you don't mind me asking, sir, what do you what do you do on the university? And he said, I'm the provost. Hmm. And uh, so I rode three and a half hours in the backseat of a rental car with the <laughs> provost and the dean of one of the colleges at Iowa. Uh, and they they got me to the church on time. Like I literally uh, rolled up tucked my shirt in, threw on a tie and walked on the stage. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, that was a pretty ridiculous time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, I, uh, always love hearing those stories because I feel like everybody just, uh, you know, happens to all of us at some point. It's always just fun yeah. anecdotes to share. Um, um, well, and to, to kind of start zeroing in on, um, kind of the main topic for today. Um, so you, you mentioned that you are a recent, uh, author, uh, published, um, and the title of the book is leading imperfectly. And just, I guess is like a small, quick snapshot. Where did that concept come from? Like what is leading imperfectly mean to you as a concept? Yeah. Uh, well, I think, uh, I think really where it came from is this, uh, is, the idea of how I guess have always led um, and kind of always led from uh, led from my gut and led from a place of relationship building um, and rapport building and and just striving to be relatable first. Um, so when I think of leading imperfectly, uh, that really means like the idea of respecting the value of your story and leading through your faults. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I believe that if we're going to connect with individuals. Um, who are our supervisees or our students or, or whatnot, um, that we need to uh, we need to show them that we are human also. Um, and so I think that's kind of where that that all came from. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that, yeah, because I, I just love that 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 concept, because I think that's where a lot of people's anxiety and worries and stuff come as it is for leading or any sort of 
you know, standard that they hold themselves up to. They just feel like they have to be perfect. And if you ever falter, then it's like, well, you failed and you can't ever do it again. Or like, you, you know, you don't deserve to even, you know, work towards that, that standard or anything. So um, yeah. it is certainly freeing when you kind of, you know, let yourself be like, yeah, we could, you know, we're all imperfect beings. We can all, you know, stumble a little bit. Sometimes it's all just kind of continuously improving or working towards being better and um, all that. So yeah, I agree, uh, man. I think, I think there's so much value to just, uh, you know, to just to just sharing those stories at the I mean, the value of your story at the appropriate time and place is is crucial. I think right now we spend so much time quoting other individuals um, who deserve to be quoted because they've been societal game changers. Um, but, you know, sometimes we need to realize that our students are going to become us before they become anyone else. Um, so, like, how can we, you know, if, if they have this big dream and big goal, that's that's amazing. Let's support them in that. But let's throw a couple, you know, a couple lily pads out in the lake for them to start jumping and, you know, you know, create some a little, some relatable, realistic steps for them along the way. Um, I don't know. That's yeah. my that's my take on it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, I'm curious, uh, how did the the book come to be? Because I mean. It, I guess it, I assume, I guess maybe like it ha- kind of happened naturally through um, speaking about it and kind of making it your thing. Um, but like, what, how did it come to be exactly? And what was that process like? So I think writing a whole book to me, it, like it seems like it's a very challenging task. And I guess I, I wonder how, like how naturally it came to be or just like how long it took and just, just kind of curious about how that, that, that whole process was kind of from start to finish for you. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, totally, Dustin. I, I don't think I would use the word natural at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, uh, yeah, for me, um, I'm not I'm not a big reader. I can I can own that. I hope I, I maybe can say that publicly and not get shunned too much. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm not I'm not a huge reader. Um, uh, but I did I did start speaking about the topic of authentic leadership back in uh, when I worked at at Fordham University. Um, <clears throat> and when I worked there, I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed speaking, and so I, I came up with this idea of talking about how I felt like I led, um, and and from there I just kind of started doing it at more colleges and stuff like that. And so uh, I've been speaking about authentic leadership for a while, and I read uh, I read the first third of this book called Authentic Leadership uh, by a guy named Bill George. Was I, I recommend the whole book? I'm sure the whole thing's good. The first third was awesome, um, but you know if we're going to talk about authenticity in this conversation, I feel like I need to stay that way. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Because uh, originally I thought I came up with this idea of authentic leadership. I was like, oh, man, I think what I'm doing is called authentic leadership, and I'm going to try to brand that. And then I looked online, and some guy wrote a book named that. So <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was like, well, I better buy that. And uh, But, yeah, so for me, uh, I actually had – there's this guy who works at the University of Delaware named Jim Tweedy. Um, who is an amazing student affairs professional and just someone who gets you thinking and gets you riled up uh, in a great way. And uh, he's like, you know, you need to write a book. Like, you're a speaker. You should write a book. This is what you need to do. And uh, and so we really kind of planted that seed that's like, no, all right, this is, this is something I need to do. So uh, I would say it took me about two and a half years to write. Um, and the book is not that long. Um, so two and a half years to write what's uh, a little under 40,000 words is really not... Uh, you know, it, it was it was a long process for me because whether it was because of ADHD uh, or because of just not knowing what to write. Uh, yeah, I think I think I think it took me a while. But I think the main reason why it took me so long is because a lot of it was uh, self-doubt of just like who who am I to write a book? You know, like why? Like what have I done in my life uh, and what, you know, 
is my my story is probably not good enough and like this is like the most arrogant thing I've ever done um, and so I was very self-conscious about the idea of, of even starting or even when I did start of calling it a book or telling people about it um, <clears throat> fortunately uh, uh, fortunately, uh, Jacqueline had my back um, and really kind of supported me and pushed me through that um, and, you know, and really kind of helped me uh, help me get through it. But it was definitely a process, man. Yeah. Well, and since you said like it wasn't natural for you just to like to, I guess, dig a little bit deeper on that, like, did how did you kind of like, did you ask for help from people? Like, did you sort of in that self-doubt things, I think some people would stall out there because they don't want to, um, you know, it's a sort of a classic thing of like a pure week of like, Hey, I, I need help with this. I can't do this alone. Like, was there a process like that where you brought in a lot of different people to assist you with different parts and then like flesh things out and edit it and stuff? Was, was that like a big group process for you to, to finish the book? I wouldn't, yeah, I would not say it was a big group process, but I think I start, I just started writing blog posts and like, mm. it's like, all right, if I need to write a book, I need to write something first. So let me just write. So that's why the book is actually, uh, I mean, it's, it, each chapter is its own standalone thing. And some of those were blog posts that I posted that I then tripled or quadrupled in length for the book. Um, but, uh, but really Jacqueline came up with the idea of, uh, she was like, you know, you, you're the way your brain works. Um, you can't sit down and write a story arc. Like you're just too all over the place. <laughs> so, uh, and I was like, true, true. Um, so, you know, she was like, why don't you, uh, you know, why don't you break it up? Um, and just, you know, kind of have it be just like these essays, so to speak. And each chapter could be its own standalone thing. So you could hop from chapter to chapter as your brain jumps also and work on each, cha you know, multiple chapters at a time. Um, and so that, uh, that was really kind of what that's what made it more manageable. And I was like, OK, so I don't need to come up with some big, long arc, uh, which was really intimidating for me. I was like, OK, I can just start writing, you know, like I just need to write a chapter and it's, and it's its own standalone thing. Um, and so that's really what helped me. And then what I also started doing once I finally started writing, I started telling people that, hey, I'm writing a book and I want it to come out this day, you know, and I'm, it's going to come out this day. Um, and now that day didn't quite happen by about a year, but let's not look at that. Um, <laughs> uh, but it was still like, I started telling people cause I wanted people to hold me accountable. I wanted people to be, ask me, Hey, how's the book going? Cause I'm great at letting myself down, but I'm not great at letting other people down. Um, <clears throat> and so I wanted other people to ask me, uh, I wanted other people to kind of ask me and hold me accountable in, in that way. Um, so yeah. <clears throat> gotcha. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I guess just, yeah. Like the, the difference, I guess, of having like a, you know, uh, full like team process of actually creating the book, you at least just, uh, for that creative process for you, just even having like one person, like, like your partner, um, to support you and kind of bounce things off of, and then just like other people as accountability buddies, you know, as uh, definitely good advice for someone working to create something or do some sort of project. Um, yeah. I think it's certainly it's just helpful. about starting, right? I mean, starting is the scariest thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, starting was the scariest thing. And then, but I also realized that throughout the process, that doubt, doubt crept in a lot. Um, and maybe that's just my own head and my own insecurities of which there are many. Um, but there's a lot of doubt throughout of like where I just paused and like some days I would write stuff and I'd be like, oh my goodness, 
this is about to get quoted until the end of time. <laughs> and there are other days where I'm where I'm writing. I'm like, ain't nobody gonna read this. <laughs> like, there's no like no one, no one cares, dude. Um, and like, so yeah. So it was just it was very interesting. Uh, I probably the most polarizing thing my self esteem has been put through. Yeah. Um, well, I think too what's encouraging is, and um, for anybody that's already writing or already doing a thing uh, is that like you said, like you, you kind of were writing stuff already and you just kind of, uh, you know, expanded on certain point. Like if you already have good stuff written or done, you know, you can like, you know, reshare those things or expand on things. And like, you don't have to completely reinvent the wheel every time, you know, and like collecting like essays and stuff like that sort of uh, different perspective, I guess, on the, the creative process. Um, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think some people want it to be this big, grandiose thing. And I think I wanted that. You know, I wanted to be some big, like, you know, this big standalone thing. And then I realized that, like, it's okay. It's still my own writing. Um, it's not like I, I took other people's writing. It's, you know, I just tried to, I tried to make it into smaller chunks. Um, and that, that, that enabled me to start because it seemed like, let me just write a chapter, you yeah. know, and then, and then go from there. And what is, what's sort of been the process since it's been released? Like, has it, has your self-doubt been alleviated a little bit with like positive feedback and stuff? So, what's it like now? Cause I think some people it's like, you know, yeah, you, you know, the advice is like, just get started or like, just get it out there. And then you can, you know, uh, I don't know, like, especially I guess with something like a, a website It's like, if you just get the website out there, then it exists and you can get feedback and like change it and update it. And like, it's just important to like get version one out there and then you can improve it. But like, I guess uh, you, you chuckled when I said it, as it like alleviated your self-doubt since it's been out. But what has it been like now that it is a thing out into the world? So, I mean, so much of this is me and I can own that. But like I am, uh, uh, you know, I, I think I, I'm, I'm someone who struggles with like thinking that like, OK, I've put out a good product and like I could have tinkered with this book forever and probably still put it out on my deathbed and been like, nah, I kind of messed up that one chapter. <laughs> um, so like there's, there's a lot of value in something that I read, you know, I, I, I should, I should have also mentioned this. I read uh, a lot of like book writing blogs as well. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and even, uh, yeah, so kind of got the, got the assistance from that. Um, and even talked to a, a coach for a little bit, um, <clears throat> that kind of helped me with like, you know, just do this and like, you know, set, set, set a few like accountability buddy, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but, but since it's come out, it's really been uh, like I'm just so eager for people to read it and I just want to know if they like it. Um, but it's but what I've noticed is that uh, getting a five word response to a 40,000 word book is not validating. Mm -hmm. uh, so like, hey, it was a good book or I liked your book. Uh, that's awesome. Like, can you tell me more? Um, and, uh, and that's on me, you know I mean? That, that's my own, uh, need for validation that is coming out there. Uh, and, and my struggle with that. So, you know, there are, there are a few key people that needed, uh, that needed to really like the book in my eyes. And that was, uh, that was Jacqueline. That was my father. Um, and, uh, one of my brothers, John has read it. Um, and, uh, and like them, them liking it was really important to me. And like the day that my dad called me and was like, so I finished your book. 
and I really liked it. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, like I just like, like it was almost like I lost 10 pounds in that moment. Um, so, but, uh, but yeah, but it's an interesting journey because uh, it came out in the busiest time of the year for me. So I haven't been able to do a ton of marketing around it. Um, but uh, people fortunately are, are starting to pick it up and, and people are telling me that they're enjoying it. They're taking pictures with it. Uh, I would love to hear the review uh, of it by someone who has never heard me speak and who doesn't know me because mm. I very much write the way I talk. Um, but if you don't know me, then you don't know that. Um, so like I, like I said in the beginning of it, that I want the mood to be like you and I hanging out over pancakes at 11 o'clock at night. Like that's the mood I went for in writing this. Um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, But someone who doesn't know me doesn't know what it's like to eat pancakes with me at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so I'm curious to hear feedback from people who don't know me, um, and I, I haven't gotten that yet, and, I, and I'm sure I will. Yeah, um, that is like I mean I think I share some of that in respect, like with putting stuff out into the world and like that. Like it sometimes I can like celebrate the milestones, but then it's like it it just isn't enough. Sometimes it'll be like, oh yeah, cool, like this many people would be like, but whatever. I'm sure there's like people that have more views on their blog, which I know there are like, you know, for this podcast, like, well, I'm sure there's other podcasts that more people listen to or like have more reviews and stuff like, so like I can celebrate the milestones, but then like what's next sort of thing. Like it's, yeah, it can be tough. Uh, it can be tough that way. And I think it's just like sort of trying to get to that Zen place of just like appreciating what you do get and kind of like you kind of give up control to a certain extent once you put something out into the world and, you know, you yeah. can obviously just share the message, advertise and kind of, uh, you know, share out what you have, but yeah. 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 I'm not good. I'm not a good at appreciating what I have. Um, <clears throat> and I think like, even when the book came out, it was like, okay, uh, you know, you, you write the, I, I wrote the book cause I care about what's in it and the message that's in it. Um, and I wrote the book also to just have another platform for people. If they can't see me speak, maybe they could read the book and kind of hear the message. Um, and I also, you know, you also write the book cause it increases, uh, in, uh, ideally if it's good, it'll increase your clout, mm -hmm. um, and potentially lead to more opportunities. And so, uh, there's, there's always part of me like, all right, the book's out, let's see what it's going to do. And like, and then if I start getting those opportunities, then I'll be like, all right, cool. It's a good book. Um, but like, I'm not, I'm not fair to myself. Uh, and I don't, I don't give myself a chance to celebrate what I've done. And unfortunately I've, I've had friends, um, and, and Jacqueline who have, who have like stopped me and just been like, Nope, you need to, you need to stop. Um, and you just need to like appreciate, like you wrote a book, bro, <laughs> like just chill <laughs> for a minute. Um, and just appreciate that. Uh, but it's, I'm like Jay-Z on to the next one, you know? Um, <laughs> I don't know if you're a big Jay-Z fan. No, yeah. That's a, this interview yeah. might be over if you're not, but, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. So I think, yeah, I agree. And I'm just, I'm just not good at, uh, at trying to figure out like what, what enough is. Um, and, uh, yeah, I know that's a struggle that a lot of people have, but um, but yeah, that's that's something that I've really noticed, and that's really kind of shed a lot of light since the books come out. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, for all of us, self awareness is kind of the first step whenever we're trying to, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whenever we're trying to do something different, you know, and it's, it, it takes time and yeah, dude, uh, sure. patience. But um, well, so now you know the books out, and you know you've been uh, you know kind of trucking along, speaking and stuff, and. Um, and, I, and you write regularly like on your blog and stuff. So what, what is next? Are you, are you, can you tease anything that you're doing or like, what are you, what are you looking forward to for maybe like just this next uh, academic year or anything that you can kind of just share of just what's next for you? Yeah. 
so I know right now I'm trying to get more into the uh, professional staff space. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm a little bit unique on the, particularly on the roster that I'm on, but on uh, in the speaking world in that I did work in the field for a while, um, and so I so I kind of I speak the language. You know, I know a lot of acronyms, Dustin. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, but uh, so I'm trying to get more in the professional staff world to try to you know come uh, come to a campus and you know spend a day with uh, doing like pro staff stuff, whether it's talking about uh, this idea of, of authentic leadership and leading imperfectly, um, or if it's uh, if it's talking about just finding the value of your story as a, as a professional um, and what that looks like and maybe how that also ties into things that you should be doing for work-life balance as well, like how are you writing your story. Uh, um, right now. Um, so I talk about that. And then I also, you know, I have an improv comedy background and trying to bring that uh, as a fun way to, to different professional staff members. And then also, uh, I guess another next step that I'm starting to look at and starting to try to figure out what it's going to look like is, uh, you know, after you run one marathon, apparently running the second one uh, is not as daunting. And mind you, I've never run a marathon, but I did write a book. Um, so <laughs> uh, so that's how I'm using that um, analogy is that I, I kind of I've kind of come up with another idea for a book. Um, and uh, I'm intrigued to kind of see the way that plays out. Um, but I need I need to give this one a little bit of time. I need to market this one and not just be on to the next one yet. Um, but uh, I think that that book will be a lot around that concept of enough. Um, and what is enough? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's that's something that has been really messing messing with my mind in, in great ways and in frustrating ways. Uh, so I think that's really kind of what's coming up next uh, for me, man. Yeah, very cool. And we'll we'll link out to um, your site and social media and book and stuff just so people can connect with you further to um, keep up with what you got going on. Um, and I guess just otherwise, if we start to to wrap up. Um, what are just some resources maybe like, uh, I guess you said like you're not a, um, you know, prolific reader. And I don't like, I, I try to at best read like a book a month, but I've been floundering on that lately. Um, I don't know if there's any other books or videos or um, sites, article, anything that comes to mind that you would just like to share out that maybe kind of connects with your leading imperfectly thing or just that you find kind of um, relevant right now. Yeah, for sure, man. I think, uh, you know, I think there's some great student affairs blogs out there, whether it's uh, uh, Josie Alquist, Paul Gordon, uh, Paul Gordon Brown, uh, uh, Mr. Jeff Des, um, <clears throat> Tom Krigelstein. I think they're uh, doing some really cool work in the space um, and some student affairs blogs that I, that I read. Um, I think the work that you guys are doing is dope. Um, and I'm, uh, I, I appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> and I try to, I try to stay on top of that as well. Um, and then I think outside of that, you know, I read, uh, I read things outside of student affairs, whether that's ink.com, whether it's mashable, whether it's, uh, you know, even entrepreneur, um, to just try to figure out what else is out there. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, I'm reading, a, about to be start, starting a book called authentic success, uh, right now as well, um, that I think kind of taps into some of those uh, core things that we've been talking about today. Uh, and so I'm going to start that book here shortly. And um, yeah, other than that, I watch a dumb amount of TED Talks. <laughs> um, so I don't think I necessarily do anything crazy out, out of the normal. Um, <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. Cool. Um, let's see. Um, cause I think I, I scribbled down most of the stuff that you mention if anything else comes to mind certainly feel free to send those along so we can include everything in the in the show notes but um I sure i forgot something <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah if anything else uh, comes to you for sure uh, we can include it but 
And yeah, we'll just uh, close out this episode here. Um, we'll end as we always do. What are, what are your final thoughts to close out this episode? Final thoughts to close out the episode. Uh, one thing that I, one thing that I say a lot is that we can't learn things from people who are perfect. We can only learn things from people who are imperfect. And I think that we need to value our story more um, and, and realize that it is good enough. <clears throat> um, and, I, you know, and opportunities like this that you give individuals like me to share my story and, and, and I think are just super important. And I think we need to be less afraid of that um, and maybe give ourselves a chance um, that, you know, potentially we are, we are enough for someone. And, uh, and what does that look like? Um, so I think that that's kind of, that's what I've been sitting on a lot this last week, man. It's really been, uh, going through my brain. I guess that's where I'll, that's where I'll close. And I appreciate you letting me talk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, pre- yeah, I appreciate you uh, making the time and that was a great place to end this episode. And, um, like I said, everybody can uh, check out all the cool stuff we talked about in the show notes for the episode. And, um, yeah, just thank you so much, James, for, um, chatting about all this stuff and, uh, have a good rest yeah. of your day and week. And, um, yeah, I'll talk to you later. No doubt, man. I appreciate it. I think this is the most serious interview I've ever done in my life. I, uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, maybe throw in a couple knock, knock jokes at the end or something. <laughs> yeah. I'll put in some like weird sound effects or something. Just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just lighten it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you want to help us out, leave us a review and rating on Stitcher or iTunes, or just share out the show so other people can find all the cool stuff we talk about every single week. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Student Affairs Spectacular Podcast.